Hey, I'm your host, Lamar L.A. Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Jack of the Jack <laughs> Trades podcast. Sorry, I'm Erica Hanner. She's a transformation coach, health coach, certified personal trainer, and NFL cheerleader for my hometown, the Washington football team. So essentially, she's a jail of all trades. Like anything Erica <laughs> hasn't already like having her bio told me that she can do she probably can do so I'm not surprised thank you thank you I appreciate you letting me on today and happy to be here no problem no problem so today we're going to talk about healthy lifestyles so in college you know it's a strenuous time for a lot of people and though it can be mentally physically and emotionally exhausting a lot of students neglect their own health. I don't know why it just like is a reoccurring thing I've noticed, you know, from my time in grad school and in undergrad. So my first question is what sparked your interest in, you know, health? So I have always been into health and wellness. My mom was a fitness instructor when she was my age and she still is for the community center and just doing things for um, people around their home or her hometown. So um, yeah, I, I've always been interested in that. My parents were very healthy and raised me to be interested in fitness. However, being interested in fitness does not mean total wellness. So I started lifting when I was in high school. I was always an athlete and cheer and dance and I dabbled in lacrosse and track and things like that. But once I got into college, my health actually had taken a turn for the worse. I got mono right before I started my freshman year of college Golly. and completely lost all of my muscle tone. I felt extremely exhausted. I was really struggling for that first couple months. Um, I had to go on prednisone for a steroid. So I gained a ton of weight, especially with the freshman 15. And it was just not a pleasant time for my health. So uh, needless to say, I definitely did not um, have the tools that I needed back then that I do now with my health and wellness as far as nutrition and mental health go. So that was something that after that whole experience and then even years after college, um, I really just started to focus on, okay, well, it's not just about going to the gym. It's about what I'm putting into my body, what I'm feeding my mind and my body. So I really tried to tune into what my body needed outside of the gym and it's been life-changing that makes sense that makes sense I know for me I didn't really like start taking care of my body until grad school yeah. uh, so and obviously not obviously but ironically it's it happened like at a dramatic rate because I started working at the ASU gym so I was like oh I was like you know yeah work out gotta eat this gotta eat that like it was like a total transformation overnight, it almost felt like. But you're you're right. People don't realize that working out is essentially like sculpting your body. Like what you put into yeah. it is what matters. Like if you eat in, you know, eight cheeseburgers a day, you could work out two hours or however many hours in the day. Like it's not gonna have the same impact as if, you know, you ate a salad, like 
you ate oatmeal, you know, uh, you ate like whole wheat pancakes and like, you know, pasta, chicken, you know, smoothie. That's easier to sculpt and, you know, form into the body that you want than opposed to if you were just, you know, throwing garbage in your body. Exactly, exactly. And for me, I should have said this in the beginning, but um, being a personal training, or sorry, I'm certified personal trainer through NASM, and I am a certified holistic health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I, once I decided to add that nutrition aspect into my uh, coaching, that really gave me that total body, holistic view of health, um, mind, body, soul, you name it. So with everything that I do, now that I'm able to look at it in that way, um, hmm. it's really changed my perspective on, on life and fitness, but you're so right with the fact that if you're not fueling your body with the right food, you're not getting at nearly as great of results as you could be getting. I was notorious for being that girl that would be coming from the gym and then I was bartending in college. So I would be coming from the gym and then going straight to the bar. Or oh. if I wasn't working that night, I'd go meet my friends out and I would order pizza at the bar, like literally wearing my gym clothes. It was the most backwards thing that I have ever experienced, but um, you know, I didn't know any better. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm working out. Oh, I'm, I'm living healthy. I can enjoy a beer and pizza on the weekends. And, um, you know, it's not to say that you can't, you absolutely can, but everything in moderation. And again, if I knew what I know now back then, it would have saved me years of yo-yo dieting and trying to get back on track from not even realizing that I was off track. Jill, all trades bartender, like just yeah. adding a list. <laughs> Resume probably like as long as like, Santa Claus's list. So yeah. Oh, my resume is insane. I mean, I, I was in IT sales right out of college before I really decided to follow my passion with health and wellness. So um, yeah, my resume is pretty extensive. I've done a little bit of everything, but I can honestly say that once I started to follow my passion and just listen to what I was meant to do, then it everything fell in line and life was a lot easier from that point when I wasn't trying to force what I thought I should be doing onto myself. Makes sense. Yeah. What, what college did you go to? I went to UConn. So University uh, of Connecticut. UConn Husky. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, I was like, make <laughs> phone number. I was like, I'm surprised. Like now everything adds up. Like that, that oh, makes yeah. a lot of sense. So uh, you already talked about it, you know, in all of that in my first question but uh, how did you take care of your body? Like, was it, you know, more to it than what you've already explained? So that's a great question. I think that when, again, I was in college um, and I did not know what I know now. So I'll give you a little bit as to what I did do and what you shouldn't do mm -hmm. and then what I wish that I did. So when I was in college, um, I graduated December, 2015. I graduated a semester early, so three and a half years. But um, so when I was, I was literally eating like the Velveeta in the microwave mac and cheese, was eating pizza. I love ice cream. I would have ice cream because I don't know if you know about Yukon's Dairy Barn. Yukon's, mm -hmm. it was originally an agricultural school. So they have the most amazing ice cream at the dairy barn there. So okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that was in Taking every notes. food hall and was not not ideal to have in every food hall, food hall because I um, it was easily accessible. So 
like any college, when you have buffets and you have quick microwave meals because you live in a dorm, you don't have a full kitchen, um, it's, it's hard. And you're forced to really make decisions for yourself as far as, you know, there's all these things in front of you that are super appetizing, but what's going to push you to go to that salad bar or what's going to push you to get some lean protein and veggies and make sure you're getting your fiber and your nutrients because nobody really talks about it. Um, I think that it's becoming more mainstream now. So I'm hoping that people are a little bit more in tune than I was, but um, back when I was in college, nobody really talked about it. It was just eat what you like and work out. Um, so taking care of my body was just that it was eating what I liked. If I noticed my pants were getting a little too tight, I would make sure to keep on going with clean eating and um, working out more. I, I honestly, that's, that was the regimen. And then afterwards, now that I have gone through my um, school with holistic coaching and now personal training as well, everything that I've learned, it shows me where I had misstepped along the way. Because if I was focusing in on my nutrition, I wouldn't have had to work out as much. I wouldn't have been as stressed out about, you know, appearance mm, and, you know, your body dysmorphia because you're a college girl. Like it's not, um, and not to say that guys can't have body dysmorphia because I think that that's totally under uh, talked about too, because it's equal on both sides when men and women both are struggling with that. Um, but if I could have just told my past self, if I could be my future self talking to my past self, I would have said, skip out on all of the crap. Don't put that crap in your body. Your body needs fuel to be able to learn even, to be able to work properly, not even just in the gym, but with studying, with um, waking up on time and feeling energized in the morning and not groggy. There's so many other benefits to fueling your body the right way outside of just your appearance. So even if you can be like the classic term skinny fat where you have a high metabolism, but you you eat all the junk food in the world. Um, I know a lot you of might people not like be operating. It. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> me too. And everyone's always jealous of them, but um, it's true. I mean, you still need to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients in for your brain health and your body's functions. Because um, sitting in exams and feeling groggy because you had pizza the night before or, um, you know, sitting in class and not being able to pay attention because your gut health is all out of whack and it's affecting your focus. Like that is not good for college when you're paying a ton of money for tuition, you want to be fully present. So um, I definitely, if I could go back the way that I would have taken care of my body would be different in that way where I would just really focus on how I'm fueling my body because you only get one. So um, yeah, that's definitely lessons learned. Yeah. Hope everyone I, can take those lessons. <laughs> I, can, I can I can feel some of that. I mean, like you said, this is really much a learning curve. I know with me when I was in undergrad, I <laughs> it's a it's a couple of things I had to learn. One, I think that is very underrated sleep. Uh, people don't understand how important sleep is. The average adult is supposed to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And if you sleep more than that, you're going to be tired. If you sleep less than that, you're going to be tired. And people are so consumed with, you know, trying to get as much done in the day where you really need to focus on time management and efficiency opposed to not sleeping. So I'm still getting better at that. Uh, I wasn't great at time, you know, efficiency and management in college, but pretty much very consistently, I knew, well, if I ain't get it done, I'm going to have to do it tomorrow because I need to get to sleep. So 
I think yeah. that was one area where I benefited at and I didn't work out in undergrad really like except for like occasionally but I was you know slightly conscientious of like how I was eating like if I ate you know you know too much starch one day like I kind of cut back like the rest of the day or if I you know had a burger at, you know one point like kind of didn't want nothing greasy my next meal stuff like that I remember I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you <laughs> This is probably gonna be funny to you. I used to carry like a little plate around and you know, at the salad bar, instead of getting salad, cause I didn't feel like making it, I would put spinach leaves on it and I would eat it while I was eating like a burger or something. So, yeah, yeah. But- uh, Yeah, I know it's, it's hard when you're um, trying to do it for yourself, especially cause I mean, salad bars, they don't really look the most appetizing sometimes. Yeah. You just have to get creative, get creative. Yeah. And I think that actually, that's a um, good point with sleep too. That was something that was so just put on the the back of my mind. Like I didn't really worry about how much sleep I was getting. Like I said, I was bartending. So sometimes I would be up until three in the morning at work and then I'd be leaving and having to wake up early for a class the next day. And I don't remember those classes because I was half asleep. I I wasn't a good um, situation to be in. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And I I made it work. But if you can prioritize sleep, especially around exams, especially around times where you're really needing to be at your peak performance, that is going to trump everything that you do. Like if you can focus on sleep, it's better to fall asleep and have that you know, seven to nine hours, then cram all night for an exam that you have the next day. Study, prepare ahead of time, focus on what you need to focus on, and then get sleep so it sinks in. Because if you're going in tired, you won't remember a thing. Yeah, or you're going to fall asleep during the exam. So we don't want that either. Yep. (laughs) All right. So obviously, college seems like it was a very like, like moment for you when it comes to, you know, mental, physical, you know, nutrition, like all of that as far as wellness. Was there a particular moment where it kind of like, like a light ball switch hit where you realized like how important it was in your life? So I think there was a few light bulb moments for me. Um, after I had mono was definitely one, but it wasn't immediately after because I had been going into my freshman year, you know, turned 21, had all these or not turn 21. I didn't turn 21 until like, obviously it's end of college, but um, these different moments in my life, like when I had mono freshman year, turned 21, my senior year of college. And then after college, even um, I still was struggling like a little bit with my weight because I think that I had to go through those different experiences and experiment with my body um, it's bad as that sounds with what different diets worked for me. And I think that the moment came when I realized how slow my metabolism had gotten at like oh. 24 years old, I had a very slow metabolism. I had gotten my resting metabolic rate tested and it was really low for my age, which was surprising because I worked out so much, but it was because of years of yo-yo dieting and um, struggling with actually treating my body right. Um, and you know, that's, was like a big moment for me. I was like, well, wow, I have a really low metabolism, but I work out all the time. What's going on. And it forced me to look within and look back at all of those moments where I was like, okay, yep. You know, college freshman year, gained some weight, had mono, 
gained some weight, um, you know, turned 21, lots of drinks, <laughs> like the typical college lifestyle. And then from there, I was like, okay, yep, I see what I did. And so now the past couple of years has been my journey to just having a healthy and um, sustainable lifestyle so that I'm not going down those paths of crash dieting. And what I tell my clients all the time is if it's not something that you can maintain for the next five years, don't do it. So don't do those crash diets of keto of, um, you know, whatever it is, paleo. I mean, you, like there's certain good aspects to each different idea with the, or I guess diet and lifestyle, um, plan, but take what works for you and listen to your body. Cause right now I'm fully plant-based and my body has been functioning the best that it ever has, but that might not work for everybody. So, um, just taking whatever you can, learning what you can from your body um, and taking that feedback and putting it into a sustainable plan for the next five years and beyond, that's going to be the best way to go rather than just trying like, okay, I'm going to do this cleanse this month and then I'm going to do keto next month and then I'm going to do no carbs, um, but maybe not keto, maybe not high fat. I'm just going to do a low carb diet. And so if you keep on experimenting around like that, your body won't be able to catch up and you'll mm -hmm. run into the same problems that I did. Oh, wow. You, you just really dropped the bomb on me. I didn't know that the way you eat as far as like your nutrition could slow down your metabolism before like your body. Obviously, everyone's metabolism slows down at some point. You know, pick up weight, blah, blah, blah. You look different. You know, the whole aging process. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that nutrition really had that big of a, you know, impact on it. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And especially, I think that another point too, um, that's really important because this is something that I touch on with my clients all the time. It was a little more popular um, back when my, some of my clients are mid thirties. So it was a little bit more popular, I'd say maybe 15 years ago, but now it's still very prevalent. So it's the use of diet pills and overusing cardio. Those things are going to destroy, destroy, destroy your metabolism for the long term. I have clients that have issues with PCOS and different like hormonal imbalances. Um, not necessarily PCOS, that she also does have that, but more like the hypothyroidism um, issues with different hormone balances because you rely on these diet pills and you rely on this yo-yo dieting. Um, and not to say that she's the only one, but this is a common theme that I see mostly with women, but there's a lot of diet pills, uh, water pills, things that people are using to try to boost their metab metabolism, but it's actually just a short-term fix and it's false advertising. Once you stop taking them, your metabolism is going to plummet and you will gain weight, um, but then it addicts you to taking them. So trying not to do that and keeping everything as natural as possible is going to be the best bet. Um, but then also there's another... I guess, phenomenon that is overusing cardio, um, cardio bunnies, anyone that's listening, that's a cardio bunny, mm. please listen, because if you overuse cardio, your body's going to get adjusted to that level of cardio. So if you're running 10 miles a day, that's probably not going to do so well five years from now when you can't keep up with running 10 miles a day. So trying to do something that is more of a strength training program with cardio mixed in is going to be way more beneficial for keeping your body healthy and functional 
and even keeping it in shape and lean, you know, weights won't bulk you, but weights do help with your metabolism and help with your overall strength, your bone density. Um, whereas if you're just running or you're just doing something that is a cardio based workout every single day, you're going to be trying to keep that up for life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult. All right. I don't mean to get slightly all focused, but you just like sparked the question in my mind about something that I did like sure. a while ago. So I think it was about two years ago. I did like at my job, uh, like a job I had at ASU. I did an article about, you know, uh, like aerobic health opposed to like, not aerobic, but aerobic exercise opposed to like, you know, strengthening, you know, muscular endurance. And basically the study said that far as you can have like two different, you know, human beings, you can have, you know, Jack and he's like super, you know, built and all that. And then you have, uh, let's say Noah, he more on like the pudgy side, but he has a, you know, strong aerobic, you know, health that he would live longer because he has a stronger like heart opposed to Jack if he wasn't working out on cardio at all. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting point. Um, have you ever heard of the blue zones? No, I haven't. In the world? So blue zones are pretty interesting. It's different pockets and communities throughout the world that have the highest number of humans that live over a hundred years old. So it's um, there's these pockets throughout the world that any of these communities called blue zones, um, they show trends in the lifestyle and dietary habits of these people there that are living to 100, 101, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's crazy because um, they'll walk around and they're still volunteering in their community at 100 something years old and super active. And they're just living their life just like you would see any 60, 70 year old person doing here. So um, that is really interesting that you say that because in those blue zones, it was found that not any extreme exercise, but some moderate exercise, like going for a 30 minute to an hour long walk during the day or doing more of a social kind of exercise, like playing soccer or going and um, you know taking a walk with friends and walking your dog, things like that, where it's more of just a lifestyle kind of habit, not where you're going and you're beating yourself up in the gym every week um, and doing like a ton of CrossFit every single day or lifting and powerlifting super heavy or you name it, I'm running 10 miles a day, like I said. So the people that live the longest in these blue zones, it's a common trend in all different areas all over the world that it is more of a lifestyle focus for fitness. So as long as you have some kind of physical activity and movement throughout your day, it does not need to be extreme, but definitely that aerobic piece plays a huge part. All right. So you, you just, you put me on again. So I know when yeah. I start to get catch up there in age, we're going to find that blue zone. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, cause uh, what is it? Birds of a feather stick together. So if all of them, yeah. you know, fit and living long, then I'm, I'm gonna have to get along with the program. So. I'm oh a, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, zone. there's other things like that folks? Too. Blue zone. Blue, <laughs> blue zone. That's what we blue going. Zone. Blue find zone. them. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, in, other pieces with that too it's just some of them had mostly like a whole foods plant-based diet or just very little meat some fish um very little dairy but 
a lot of the zones, they were mostly plant forward because it has a lot of fiber and nutrients. So that's something also to make sure that you're prioritizing. Um, you don't need a ton of protein in your diet. Honestly, you really don't. Um, you can get protein from plants and you can find um, lean, very clean sources of meat, of fish, of different types of food to make sure that you're not ingesting a lot of chemicals and processed foods. Um, that's really also going to help with your longevity. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So why did you start your, your health coaching business? Like how did that you know, come about? Yeah, that's a great question too. So I started it because when I was doing personal training, I had my personal training business. And as I was training more and more clients, I was realizing that if I was training them even three times, four times a week, they would not see results the way that I wanted them to, or even the way that they wanted to, if they weren't looking at the whole picture. So if they were like how I was in college and working out, but then going and eating pizza or going out to happy hour every night and um, not really taking care of their body outside of the gym, they weren't going to see the results that they needed. So I spent a lot of time talking with my clients about food, but also about work, about how their job is, how stressful it is, how their relationships are at home, how their daily routine is and making sure that they have good habits and, um, you know, drinking enough water throughout the day. So there's a lot of different pieces that I was realizing, okay, this is not just a one solution fits all kind of approach. Um, You can't just go to the gym and work out. And so when I started with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, that was really the defining moment where I put that into my business intentionally to make sure that I'm giving everyone that holistic approach with their training. And I'm focusing not just on personal training, but also on, like I said, your nutrition, your career, your relationships, and also spirituality, whether, you know, whatever kind of faith you have or no faith at all is still spirituality. So as long as you have a practice and something that you believe in, um, you know, it could be horoscopes for all I care. It could be meditating. It could be journaling. It could be a daily walk. As long as you have a practice that you believe in, um, doesn't have to be going to church or, um, anything like that, but, um, those things do play a role into your health. And so once I started to put that into my practice, I noticed a world of a difference with my clients, their happiness and their health skyrocketed. Um, and they were just overall a lot healthier. So that was the most important piece um, to my business, I'd say. And I definitely am glad that I put that um, piece of the puzzle together. No, I mean, that makes sense. Like you said, and we were talking about like the whole show, no matter what you do when you work out, if you're not eating well, like you're essentially, you know, doing it for nothing. So, uh, mm-hmm. also, let me see. Uh, how, how has your healthy lifestyle led you to evolve in other areas of your life? Um, So I would say that with my lifestyle now, I also am prioritizing different things like outside of nutrition and fitness. It's like I was saying with sleep, with um, just journaling and meditating. That's something that this year I'm trying to put more of a focus on is being more mindful in my day-to-day life outside of just doing the work with my nutrition and my meal prep and my fitness. 
I'm trying to really focus on my mind. Um, I actually was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder back in high school or oh. end of high school, beginning of college too. So that was very much linked to my gut health and it all goes in together. So if you're not eating well, your mind's going to suffer. But if your mind is suffering, you're more apt to not eat well and crave bad things. So if um, I'm taking care of my mind, I'm more likely to stick to my meal planning and my workout routine. So that's something that every single day, I try to make sure that I'm checking in with myself, taking that time, taking those moments where I can be mindful and slow down for a minute and de-stress because stress is a killer. I mean, you shoot your cortisol levels up and it has, it wreaks all kind of havoc on your body too. So um, that approach in my day-to-day -day life, I would say is the most important because again, it's, it's all about that full picture. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I know I did like a doc, I did a documentary on the health, the physical and mental health of journalists. And it was funny that you said about like the association with feelings and like your mental, because the nutritionist I interviewed like for my documentary, she said that essentially people eat a certain way due to emotions. So like, because you have a certain yeah. feeling associated towards a specific, specific food, that's the reason why you eat it. So like, why, let's say if you don't like, you know, greens when you were younger, now you don't want to eat greens when you're older because of your association to greens. Though yes, a lot of people exactly. don't realize that your taste buds are always changing over time. And like when you're younger, I think it's you have more bitter receptors. So like when you uh, taste like sweet things, you can eat a lot of candy because it doesn't affect you because you have these bitter receptors. And then when you're older, like you have less. So you can't really handle sweets as much as you used to, but you can handle like if you didn't like avocado or all these other vegetables previously. And then, like I said, yeah. that all stems through how you feel about them. So that is yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh, let's talk uh, sugar and cravings really quick, actually, because that's that's a really good point. Um, and a lot of things that you were saying that has to do with childhood, but it has to also do with what your mom ate when she was pregnant. So oh a lot of the things that your mom ate when she was pregnant will also contribute to Hold up. your That's why I like now. bread and pizza. Like my mom says yeah. she like a lot of Italian food and like bread cheese. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So you just really focus in on, you know, what your cravings are. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give my clients is if you are craving something, um, let's say you walk into I don't know, you walk into the gas station and you need a snack on a road trip and you are looking at the options in front of you and you have protein bars, you have, there's usually bananas, you have um, snacks and chips and then ice cream in the freezer. So all of these options there, if you start to look at one and crave one thing, ask yourself, okay, well, why am I craving this? Because I know I like that healthy option in front of me, but if I want that unhealthy one, what is it that's triggering it? It could be because you're just on a road trip and you attribute or you um, kind of like correlate the road trip to unhealthy food and wanting to snack on unhealthy food while you do a road trip. Um, it could be that maybe you're traveling for something that's like a celebration or maybe you're traveling for something that is a funeral, unfortunately, like things like that where you're grieving. So anytime 
when you were a kid, think back, okay, how did I celebrate things? And how did I make myself feel better? Because Mm. um, those two things are typically, if you're celebrating or you're grieving, not necessarily a person, but you're just in a sad state of mind, um, those are big contributors to cravings. So if, for example, I, my dad is a real estate agent. Anytime he closed a deal when I was a kid, he would take us to Cold Stone and we'd go get ice cream. So now whenever I am celebrating something, I'm like, oh, I really want ice cream. And I know it's because my brain is triggering those memories and it's that response to celebrating. I'm like, oh, okay, we're celebrating. That means ice cream. And you just kind of put those together without actually thinking about it. So if you can deconstruct your cravings and take a step back and ask yourself, why am I craving this certain thing? Do I really want this certain thing? And then go from there. It's going to help you so, so much with making and sticking to those healthy decisions. Um, Because it could be that memory trigger. It could be because you had a similar type of thing yesterday and you're craving it again because it's still on your taste buds. Or it could be that it's something that is a coping mechanism. Um, It, you know, never, you never know until you really dig deep inside. And I think that pausing for a moment, being mindful and taking that step to ask yourself, okay, well, what is it that I'm craving and why is going to help you with any kind of um, healthy habits you're trying to create? Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah. hmm. Because, all right, well, first of all, (laughs) that's a lot of food for thought. But first of all, this is all making sense. Your obsession with ice cream is all making sense. It started from cold stones, closing the deal. So when you saw like that Yukon had amazing ice cream, you were probably like, I'm in, I'm in heaven. Like, <laughs> oh, I was sold. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just, just to like wrap up this portion before we get to the game. Uh, sure. You gave, you gave me a lot of gems and it's making me <laughs> think about this way too much than I need to. But if you had one piece of advice that you could give college students, in order to improve their, you know, healthy, well, improve their lifestyle as far as wellness, what would that be? I would say, look at it from the big picture. So take all aspects of your health into consideration. Um, You know, college is stressful and it can be really, really hard at times. So making sure that you have something, a stress reliever, a healthy stress reliever, whether it's yoga, meditation, hanging out with friends, journaling, something like that, where you have some kind of um, practice or ritual or just routine, even if it's like a self-care routine and doing like a skincare routine and putting a face mask on, like some kind of stress reliever that is going to be a healthy outlet for you is key. And then also knowing what you're putting into your body. So um, that, that can be food and it can also be what you're consuming as far as relationships, what you're reading, what you're watching, knowing what you're putting into your body to make sure that it's pushing you to be what you want to be and not going to be pushing you into um, unhealthy habits where you are not serving um, your best self, if that makes sense. So um, focusing on what you're putting in, read the nutrition labels and learn about your body because it is never too early, but it can be too late. Um, it, I guess it's never too late, but it can be a lot harder the older that you get. So doing that as soon as possible and treating your body like you only have one body because you do, <laughs> it's going to be key. 
Man, I mean, you didn't notice already, but like, I got another body in, in that closet, like stashed away. So, like, just in case this one, You're back you know, up. yeah, just just in case I'm not feeling this one, like, I got that one. It's cut already. You know, I I feed nutrients in it and all that, so it's it's ready, just in case, you know, just 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 in case. All right, Good so now we're about to get into the last segment. Every episode, I play a game with the interviewee, the the guest, if you will. And today we're going to play a game that I like to call Eureka. It's a word association game. So I'm going to give you some words and I just want you to tell me what's the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, what do you associate that with? Oh gosh. Okay. All right. First word, vegan. Plant-based. Okay. College. Crazy. Okay. Coaching. Health. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheerleading. NFL. Oh, yeah. I cheer for the NFL. <laughs> All right. DC. Washington. Ah, I'm not good at this. Those yeah, I was like, this is like, <laughs> this is like so spot on. I was like, I could have guessed this. All right. Uh, diet. So many things popped into my head. Diet, uh, food. <laughs> They're so basic. All right. Growth. Mindset. Okay. Purple. Sweater. <laughs> I saw a bunch of purple on your page. I was like, maybe this is her favorite color. So let me just throw that it's in. It's actually my mom's favorite color. Hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And it's a good color for health and healing. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite color then? I'm curious. My favorite color is probably blue, more of like a, a turquoise kind of blue. Okay, okay. Glow. Light. All right, reading. Intelligence. Okay, I saw, saw a lot of reading on your page. I was like, this girl is in books, like she in them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, really helpful um, because Again, whatever you ingest is what you're feeding your mind and your body. So if you can get those things in that are going to push you to that next level, do it. Do it now. I feel you. I feel you 100%. You know, as, a, as an author myself, I, I want people to read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all we have on this week's episode. The Jack of... Ugh, why do I keep messing that up? The Jack of all trades pod... Make sure you check out the next episode on Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Inside 380. Uh, I'm going to post this episode, obviously, clips to the episode as well. Get my book. Dang, I, hold up. I do got it on deck. Hold up. Where it go? Get my book, Jack of All Trades, Rise of a Party Promoter. Is in stores. It's on Amazon. You know, if you if you want a book, you can hit me up too. Uh, and I'll also put Erica's info in the bio so you can check out Erica's page. And if you want to know more about health and wellness, she's your gal. La out. Yes, give me a shout.